how did you make that shift or where did that come from that you were able to you know see it as as service and make it about others because you hadn't been that person before you were saying i think a great dose of failure will lead to a little bit of humble pie i think for me the shift started to happen when i was winning when you are successful but you're failing personally when you just feel like the more success you have the the less happy or the less contented you are you go searching are you ready to join us in creating a better world awesome because you're in the right place each week we feature an inspiring story or message to help spread positive change and create a better world for all of us i'm your host rick ornellis Welcome to the I Spark Change podcast. What is up, Impact Heroes? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Rick Ornelas. Thank you for spending some time with us today because we know time is a valuable resource and we're going to make it worth your while. I appreciate each and every one of you, not just for listening, but for who you are. I know you are sparking change to make the world a better place every day, and I am humbled and grateful for your efforts. It takes all of us doing our part to spread positive change and that's what this show is all about motivating you with stories of struggle courage and hope to empower you to make a difference in your life and the lives of others in case you missed it so i look at myself in the mirror every day and i tell myself i really love you available everywhere you listen to your podcasts Welcome back, Impact Heroes. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to our latest iSpark Chain social impact hero, and she is a special one indeed. Our guest today wants to help you boost your confidence, broaden your network, and craft a business that you truly adore. Although she came from humble beginnings with no business background, she now has a highly successful business with a loyal customer base across three countries that has had consistent growth for nearly two decades. That's some great longevity there. She's also a two-time author who's well-known for her philanthropic work as she's raised over $4 million for various charities. That's phenomenal. She's honest, driven, passionate, and aspires daily to help others grow and evolve as entrepreneurs and podcasters. She has a well-earned reputation as the Queen of Connections, cool name, having spoken on diverse stages worldwide and advised numerous individuals and organizations on the power of meaningful connections and collaborations. More impressive than that, she's a devoted wife, loving mother of two, who also happens to be authentic, empathetic, outspoken, and bold. Please welcome Mrs. Minnesota of 2001, the How Gal, Kelly Johnner Byrne. Welcome to the Ice Park Change Podcast, Kelly. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to, I'm glad to be here, and it's it's the season of giving, right? So I see we've got <laughs> yes. great backgrounds. I see we have great backgrounds. We're ready. Yeah. We're in the spirit. Yes, we're in the spirit. Now, although that by the time this episode airs, it's probably going to be next year when these trees have come down. But at the time of recording, we both have our decorations. And yes, the spirit of giving, which I like to say that the spirit of giving is all year round, right? 365 days. Every day. Every day. Every day. We We get a big reminder a couple times a year. I like to say that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. I know you were gracious enough to have myself and, and my wife, Tanya, on your show, where we got to talk about you know our, our 
life and business together and everything. So kind of a different spin than, you know, the usual podcast interview I do, which I really, really enjoyed. And in, in prepping for that, I learned more about, you know, who you are and your background and everything and the impact that you have on others, which is why I wanted to have you on the Icebark Change podcast. I appreciate it. It's yeah. uh, It was so much fun to have you and Tanya and just see the dynamic of husband and wife in business. You know, you're together every day. And then when you're in business together, it, 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 it's a different dynamic. And for some people, they couldn't do it. And for others, it's really a, a wonderful blending of, of skills, talent, and just the love of, of one another and moving forward. So it was great to see you and, and the impact that you will have with your business on people's lives and their health is going to be amazing. I, I look forward to hearing great, great things. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, thank you. And we'll, we'll drop uh, that link in the show notes as well. Just make sure we do that so folks can check that out and hear, hear you know, you ask great questions and it was a good interview. So we'll do that. So getting back to why we're here today is because, uh, Kelly, so we see you as someone who is spreading positive change in the world because your, your actions have an impact on others and on humanity. And that's, by our definition, a social impact hero. And we usually get to some of the components of that acronym that you know makes up a hero by our definition. But what I want to know is the first question I always ask my guests on this show is, do you see yourself as a hero? I would say, you know, in the wide world, no, I, I probably don't. To my son, I probably see myself as a hero. You know, you're there when they're little. You always get your super cape on, right? Your superhero <laughs> cape on. And you, you know, you come to the rescue. I, I don't know that I view myself in the out wide, you know, in the, in the wide world outside of my home as, as a hero. I see myself more as a helper than a hero. You know, the how gal how stands for help others win. So I see myself more as a helper. And if by definition, people feel that those that, you know, jump in and help are heroes, then I'll, I'll happily accept the title. But I think in general, I look at myself really more as a helper. I like to see other people win. It didn't always, that wasn't always on my radar, right? When we're young and maybe selfish, or I shouldn't generalize. I was young and selfish. I was and, too. Uh, You're not generalizing with me on the other yeah, end. So. Yeah, you know, you you age in wisdom, right? And so I think that as I, you know, as I was uh, open to at least listen and uh, some of that good advice and good wisdom dripped into my head. And then, you know, eventually it drips into your head and floods your heart. I think that it, it makes you want to, makes you do want to spark change in people, or at least at least you see their spark and you can help them change the behaviors or the, the business things they're doing to, to better themselves. And it's, you know, when we're the best, when we're the better version of ourselves tomorrow, we have a chance to make some change in the world too. So absolutely. As I'm a helper, I'm a helper. <laughs> so I, it's probably just a little bit of word semantics there because, you know, what you see as being a helper, you know, we would call heroic by our definition because it's, it's really that impact on other people that, that is the biggest component of being a hero by our definition at iSpark change. And you're clearly doing that. If you're helping others win, then absolutely for sure. So you talk about how wisdom comes with age and you know things that have changed and you've had the journey that you've been been on and continue to be on to become the best version of yourself, Kelly. So share with our audience 
what was that shift for you? Obviously, I talked about some of your background a, a little bit, you know, humble beginnings and everything. But where where did that heroic journey, as I'll, as I define it, where did that really begin where you shifted and said, I want to start helping others? I want to start doing this uh, heroic work, as I call it. I think there's been probably three distinct times, um, you know, in, in my, in my life, uh, maybe three, um, plateaus or, or peaks, maybe, you know, coming to the top of the peak and getting, getting to the top and look, looking around. I think there's been a couple of times that have shifted. I love, I love the number three, you know, the triangle is very strong, you know, strong structure. When you do things in three, it's easy to repeat, you know, the one, two, three punch kind of a thing. And I would say the first, first one was getting into the business world and having an opportunity. I was a property manager and I, I kind of landed that job because I, I was in need of a job, right. And I needed a place to live. So after leaving college and taking some time off. I was struggling. I wasn't doing well. Um, things weren't going great. I had met a lot of people and, you know, all, all of that, but I, I felt a little directionless. I changed majors and decided that I was no longer going to be a veterinarian. That was not going to be in my, that wasn't going to be in my realm. And I ended up taking a job as a property manager and I moved and I started to meet people there. And then there was this opportunity and it was a part of it was being in the right place at, at the right time and taking advantage of the opportunity. I had the chance to move into one of the most prolific addresses in the Twin Cities where I live. And half of the building were known names. And the interesting piece was the, the building was a very collaborative building. They were Many of the residents there were, we'll just say, you know, they were significant names and old money. And I just remember... The very first Christmas, I, I took the job as an assistant manager. And the very first Christmas that I was there, the you know it was half Irish Catholic and half Jewish. And the the Jewish sector was saying, "When are we putting up the Christmas tree?" And the the you know the uh, Christian sector was saying, "When are we putting up the menorah?" And it was really really funny what I learned. But I met some people that had a really big impact on me because they were very wise. They had lived a lot of life. They had, many of them were in their, you know, seventies and some in their eighties. And I just was a personable person. I'm curious. And point one was they drew out the curiosity in me and curiosity, I believe builds confidence and confidence was the first peak. The second peak I think was when I moved out of that and decided to compete in the, you know, the Miss Minnesota program. I needed, I had some skills and talent. I needed money. I was out of money for college. I was working. And the second peak came when I switched into careers and I really went into a sales role. And that was where the service started. And that's what I, where I would say I softened a little bit. It wasn't just about me, about, you know, getting a sale, you know, and making commission and making bonus and all of that. It it started to get to be more about how does what I have to offer serve? And I found some mentors and my speaking career was born at that time. I, I was not a speaker. I didn't wake up one day and say, 
gee, I'd like to be a professional speaker. Lots of people do that and there's no shade on that, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. But what ended up happening is I met a gentleman by the name of Bob Farrell. He's passed away since then. He was the founder of Farrell's Ice Cream Parlors. He was a oh, yeah, I remember mentor. those. Yep. He was a huge mentor. And the company I worked for, we hired him as the keynote speaker. I was the person that picked him up at the airport. I volunteered to do that and, you know, all the things. So I spent time with him. He was an old New Yorker. Literally, he was an older gentleman. And he just said, kid, you got it. You got, you got some chutzpah. <laughs> I didn't even know what chutzpah was or if it was a word, but he just said, you know, you got a lot of moxie and, and he just became a mentor. And I got his, his personal cell phone number when cell phones were the size of a brick, you know, and I kept in touch with him. And then another pivotal moment, you know, came as, you know, as I got married and, and then I, I had my son at 40, I'm 57 and Having, having a child changes everything. And I thought, you know, oh, I'll be back to work in six weeks and blah, 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 blah. Ah, that went out the window. That was another pivotal, pivotal change. So that, that journey of being married for several years and then having this beautiful human, it just changed everything. I just thought to myself, wow, what's really important? My parents were getting older. So I knew that I would be at some stage, probably not long down, crossing that birth and death it, you know, time. And, yeah. you know, it was 13 yeah. years later when I lost both my folks in 2020. And it just, it, it just has been a, it's just been a journey, a pivot and the how gal and the how companies and the whole how terminology was born in 2017 when I decided to rebrand. And that's a story as I, I thought, oh my goodness, my brilliant branding girl, this is the best you can come up with is the yeah. how gal. That's the dumbest dang name I have ever heard. And it struck me all of a sudden one day on a dog walk. That point was, I don't really, you know, people don't come to me to learn how to do anything. People come to me when they need a solution. I help them win. I help others win. Mm -hmm. And it's even being more defined as I help other women. Yeah. And so it, it has been a journey, but I see those three those three kind of pivotal peaks, getting into the business, meeting a good mentor, and then becoming a good mentor. And the journey's been crazy. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, but it's been crazy. There, there's no doubt about it. And absolutely entertaining. I'm sure, I'm sure the entertaining part, and it's good that you can, you can see that in, you know, looking back and I'm sure along the way, right. That you've learned plenty. So I want to, I want to touch on something just because it, it struck me because I started in sales in my career and worked in sales for a long time and then sales training and leadership and mm -hmm. on up through the different levels in corporate. You, you mentioned that that was a period of your life where you started to see sales as service, as service to others. And I know I, that was taught to me in you know, one company I worked in that, you know, it was our duty and service and everything, but I was young and we, and, you know, I remember my team, we were all like, so cutthroat and so competitive with the, with each other, you know, a lot of guys and too much testosterone and, and it was about, you know, it was about making money and, and it was about, you know, being number one on the team and, and that oh. kind of stuff, even though they were driving that into us. And I, I would have to say that it's kind of like those lessons that we teach our, our kids that 
they never seem to be listening, right? Especially the teenagers. You have a teenager, so you, you understand this. They never seem to be listening. And then later you see them model that behavior or you see them do the same thing. You're like, oh, maybe it did kind of sink in. And that's how I think it was for me with that sales service you know, component is that all that was being ingrained in me and I didn't feel it at the time that I was doing it. And then years later, when I um, started building a startup and then started my own coaching, that's where I, it was like, oh, yeah, service, 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 service. I mean, it's part of my purpose in life, you know, to serve others. And so how did you make that shift? How did you make that shift or where did that come from that you were able to, you know, see it as as service and make it about others? Because you hadn't been that person before you were saying. So what, how did it change? I think, well, wholeheartedly, I think a great dose of failure will lead to a little bit of humble pie. And I, I believe that a, a big dose of faith, and I grew up in a faith-filled household, but you know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's for old people. That's for, that's for everybody else that's, you know, in church or that's for everybody else that's, you know, there. I, I think that you have to be driven by what your values are. And I think for me, the shift started to happen when I was winning. When I was winning so much, you know, we would make bonus, right? You'd make bonus and you'd get a nice big paycheck. If you worked in corporate sales, you know, you looked forward to that annual bonus and some of the spiff trips and all the things that come along with salespeople and everything mm -hmm. that everything that we think of salespeople, right? You know, that they're just they're just trying to get the sale. And there is there is a huge part of that that is true. But when you are successful, but you're failing personally, when you just feel like the more success you have, the the less happy or the less contented you are, you go mm -hmm. searching. And I, and I think for everybody, that journey is there. Uh, lots of people, maybe the majority of people take it, but there's few that don't take it. And it hits that journey is different for everybody, right? Some people are early bloomers and some people are late bloomers. I'm a late bloomer when it comes to kids, right? And being a 40-year-old mom, best thing that ever happened at that time. I would have been a terrible mom, I think, at 30. I don't think I had the mental capacity to do, do all the things. So I think that dose of failure was, you know, was, was, a, was a big help for me. And the failure wasn't really so much failing at my job as it was failing to be as happy as I believed I would be if I was XYZ successful. And mm -hmm. that's the great myth out there. I think that a lot of people could live on a lot less money and have a lot more fulfillment and happiness and peace and turn out better children and families and communities if they had more peace. And we've just put such a massive stamp on what success looks like. And I think that's the greatest problem is the world is defining what success is. Success doesn't have a dollar figure tied to it, but I believe the world would like you to think it does. Yeah. I, I think that in 2008, when I lost my job in the economic downturn, lots of people lost their job. I had my plan B in place. I've always had, you know, a plan B. I've always been an entre entrepreneur since I was nine years old. I just knew that, you know, you, if you wanted things or you wanted to do something or go somewhere, it would take some money. So I've always been, I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. 
But losing my job was a pivotal moment. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in the business world. You know, Rick, it's funny. I used to sit at my desk and, you know, like I said, age and wisdom now and, and part of it not really caring what people think, right? Caring less about what someone thinks of you than what you think of yourself, right? It was really interesting. I used to sit at my desk and this is way back in the day. And I would say, gosh, if I could just make, you know, if I could just make 4,000 bucks a month doing anything for myself, I, I would tighten my belt and I would figure it out and I'd, I'd be here and that would be great. And you know what was really crazy? What you speak about, you bring about. Lo and behold, when I lost my job, my little business back in the day made about four grand a month. And for me, that was extra money. That was shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that was hair and nails. And that was great clothes. And none of those great clothes brought me happiness. But the, the peace that comes from when you, when you realize who you are and whose you are, you know, I think that you, 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 you can be happy with whatever it is that you make and your creativity continues to flow. So you're not worrying about the, the, the number you're worrying about the number of things you're accomplishing that are on your bucket list. You know, that yeah. might be on your list. Yeah. So much Just true. A different, different thought process, but losing the job, that was, that was, that was the, the best moment. Cause I wouldn't have quit. I probably wouldn't have quit, even if I had realized that I made five thousand or six thousand or ten thousand. I probably wouldn't have quit because I was grew up in that household that you know, go to work, get a good job, you know, do your best, and you know, work for forty years and you know, get a retirement. I don't know that I really believed that, even as a young person. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Even though that's that's what was, you know, like my parents' life, but it was yeah. never something for me. I'm, I'm just like you. I kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit, even though I did work in corporate for 20 years. And yeah. you know, I'm very grateful for it because of all the things I learned. And I'm sure things that you learned and, you know, in extremely your grateful, careers. extremely yeah. grateful for that. And in retrospect, more grateful for those good and, you know, crummy experiences as well. Probably mm -hmm. more grateful um, for some of the crummy experiences, because it really gave you insight as to what you should be doing. Yeah, so much so. And it's funny, you, you, or similar, how you talked about losing your job when so I'm originally from Southern California, and, and Tanya and I, we lived in, in the Central Coast for a long time. And after we had gotten married, we were there 13 years. And, and we were, that was around the same time, 07, 08, the economy was crazy. Back then, gas in California was $7 a gallon, which it is back then, not back again to now. But but it was, you know, things were just going bad. And we were looking into getting out of state and moving to another area. And we ended up moving to to Texas without knowing a soul and, and jumping up and leaving in January of 09. And it was with a startup company that I had joined you know, one of the original people to help build this company. And, and 18 months later, the company shut down, the company shut down. And that was the first time in my life that I had ever been laid off, that I had ever lost, lost a job was laid off on the 3rd of July of, of that summer. And, and so it was, yeah, 2010. 
laid off right before the 4th of July. And I'm like, what am I going to do? No severance, no anything. I mean, mm. venture capital based startup, all this. And, and so I was like, what, what, what am I going to do here in this situation? I have, I have mouths to feed, you know, mortgage to pay all this stuff. And we even had for the first time, a foreign exchange student that was coming to live with us three days later, uh, or the, on the seventh, I think six or seven, she, she was showing up. Talk about drama. <laughs> Talk about drama. Yeah. This, that's this whole separate story because we went on to having a, over a dozen students over, you know, many years because of that original experience. But, but I was so fearful and I was, I was so concerned with what the future was going to have. And then I said, you know, I'm going to try to look at this as an opportunity. So I, we had just, you know, we hadn't lived in Texas that long, but we, we would live by a lake. We had a boat. I enjoyed my kids. We enjoyed, you know, our student. We, we went out on the lake. We had a great yeah. time. I can really connected with my family, had some, you know, made some great memories. And, and that never would have happened had I still been, you know, struggling away with all the things that I was dealing with the stress of that startup. <clears throat> and then I ended up, I ended up exactly two months later to the day, starting at a new, at a new company that I'm very grateful for the time I spent at that company because they invested so much in my development and, and, and helped train me in leadership and lots of the things that, that have helped me now in my career. And none of that would have happened had I not embraced, like you said, the failure or that, that challenge, right. And, and mm -hmm. learning more from, from the challenge. When somebody and makes the change for you, when it's not your decision, it affects you differently than when you make the decision and quit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's a hundred percent different. Yeah. And I think you and I, you know, we, we, we had similar you know, results in that we embraced that and made something positive, positive mm -hmm. out of it. And so I, I want to go, I want to go back to something that you mentioned a, a couple of times. You're talking about faith as well. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, faith is important for you as it is for me. And so what you mentioned a little bit about the role of faith, but expand on that for our audience about, you know, was it faith in those difficult times that helped you or, or what role did faith play for you in, you know, in your heroic journey? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I mean, I grew up in a church going home and, you know, did, did all the things, you know, I grew up in a faith filled extended family and, you know, kind of what you would say, your, your average kind of normal American. And then, you know, I got to college and you can make your own decisions. And, you know, I, I really, I guess I really put church into a box that that's something that, you know, your family does it, or, you know, when you go home for Christmas or you, you go home for, you know, Easter or, or, or something, you know, I think I just put that all in a, in a box. And there was a person that I worked with in the travel industry and I'm grateful for her. She was a great influence. She was a very faith filled person. We shared the same faith. And she used to just ask me questions. And I, I used to look at her that she was, you know, she was like little God winks. She would send me something, you know, that like, you know, Kelly, what in a verse or something, you know, warrior or, you know, chosen one or something. And 
honestly, I would look at it and I would go, that's a nice, I was, I'm, I've always been a grateful person. I've always been appreciative, but I didn't give it a lot of credence. And the interesting thing enough is she asked me a, a lot of questions, you know, just her personal relationship. Is that person really good for you? And mm, no one had ever asked me, is that person good for you? My mother probably told me, you know, you shouldn't be hanging around with that loser. <laughs> probably, you know, <laughs> mothers always have a way of, you know, putting your friends sometimes into a box, right? Especially if you're mischievous. But she had a just a way of asking, you know, would her name was Cindy. I might send this podcast to her. But she really had a big influence on the way I thought about things and, you know, and she would say things like, you know, there's, there's a really big plan for you. And I'm like, yeah, I know there's a plan for me. I, I got to get on my plan. And it was really all me getting on my plan. Mm -hmm. wasn't really getting on God's plan. And so that, you know, that changed with, I lost my brother in 2005, a motorcycle accident. He was struggling, you know, bad relationship. And he had really, you know, he was going to church twice on Sunday. You know, he lived in Texas. He was going to church twice on Sunday just because he, he was so distraught, you know, and it was, I think it was the good music. He was going to a, a Hispanic church and he was going to, you know, American church. And he was, I think he was going because it was just a, people were happy and it was a break from your cares and worries. And, it, you know, and, and then it wasn't long after that, then kind of things straightened out. And I think he was going on the wrong path and, and he, you know, crashed on his motorcycle and died in Texas. And when that happened, that was a real shaker for me because it was, you know, I was traveling. I was on, I was on a business trip and my, my parents were, you know, my, there's only three of us. My, 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 the kid, us kids were loved, very loved. We never worried about if we were loved. And so it was very difficult to just navigate this process. And I, I really became a leader at that time. I, I was the one making the arrangements. I was the one doing all the things. I was the one that, you know, put the funeral costs on my credit card you know, that will be forever ingrained in my head. And that was bizarre, right? That was just a really bizarre time. And I think that really jerked my faith train as well. That, who, you know, he was only 43. Mm -hmm. that, so I, I think that that really made, and, and that really made me think. And then, like I said, you know, it was, it was literally one year later, well, probably one year and to the week, I, you know, I got pregnant with my son. Um, hmm. My son was born in December. You don't need to be a scientist to do the math, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just, I thought it was very interesting. I, it really caught me. It really grabbed uh, me that when one light goes out, another one comes on. And uh, the, the birth of my son was a real blessing, especially for my, my mother you know, it was definitely a, a really, a really big blessing because my brother was, you know, was her golden child, you know, I don't think parents have favorites, but we have different relationships with our parents. And my older brother and I are very independent. And my middle brother, the one that that passed, you know, he was mom, he was definitely, he was definitely moms. And so it just, it, that just really changed. And so over the years, I've kept great relationship with my my friend Cindy, and she was even in my wedding. She was there when I met my husband. And I'm just like, hmm. you know, you just start to look as this kind of a little, you know, angel on, on earth, so to, so to speak. And here's the scoop. You can choose to look at it and think about it, or you can just be so self-absorbed and blow it off. And thank goodness I was 
you know, it was catching my attention. And I just started doing more reading and all of that. And then when my son arrived, both my husband and I decided that he was going to go to, he would go to a Christian school and we wanted to have a, a foundation because we needed support and help around us to, to do that. And, and that's just grown. And now I, I help people, I believe, know that everybody has an amazing, there's a great plan for us. Some of it involves riches of money. Some of it in all in, involves riches of people, riches of experience, but we all have riches that are waiting for us. And some people listening might say, oh, that sounds really pie in the sky, but it's not. There is nothing greater. If you could go to the store and buy peace, and it was in a package, and you could bring that package of peace or that cup of peace home and open it up and experience it, you, how much would you pay for that? Yeah. You think about how many people tonight, Rick, will go, will lay in bed and they'll, they'll, they'll go to bed and they'll, they'll just be thinking, if you could just give me a job, right? Or if you could just give me that opportunity, or if you could just mm -hmm. help me with my kid that's addicted, or if you could just, if I could just fill in the blank, whatever that is. And it's peace that I think we all are really striving for. And in our businesses, peace, having peace in your business, there's nothing better. I, I have fear. You know, you get some crazy, you know, something that happens and it costs a lot of money and you go, woo, that was a checkbook emptier, right? We've all done that. But I think that the more I have just leaned in and I, I really tell business owners, if you don't have a great relationship or you, you know, with your savior, if you don't, if you don't have a good, or if you don't feel like you need something, go find somebody that you view really does have peace. Be discerning. Think about it. Don't just look at somebody that looks like, you know, they're the highlight reel on Facebook or Insta, you know, with all the things. Find that person that you just, you just know, humans just know that seems peace filled and seek them out because maybe they'll rub off on you. And I'm so glad that my friend Cindy rubbed off on me because it took many years to, you know, smooth out the edges on this square egg. You know, I was definitely a square egg for a while, but it, it is, it's been a great journey. And I, I went in doubt, you know, I think you can pray it out or just ask literally just in your quiet of your mind, just, you know, ask for guidance, ask for wisdom. And yeah, I ask for peace, ask, ask for, for peace. peace. Yeah, that's something that I do on a on a regular basis. And and I I used to be the person that probably although outwardly appeared peaceful, wasn't very peaceful just because mm -hmm. you know my mind was always worried. I was always thinking about the next thing and and yeah. focused in the in the future and not in the present. And you know, that's definitely changed in the in the last 10 years for me as I've gotten older, like you said, aged with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And my faith has grown that mm -hmm. I the worry is mostly gone. I mean, little things will pop up. Like you said, things will pop up, but, but it's mostly gone. And, and, and I attribute all of that, you know, to God and, and peace through my faith. And, and the way I see it, Kelly, is that, that, you know, you talk about buying peace in the store is that I think what people need to realize is, is they have the ability to have peace at any time you know, in, inside, it's not, it's not always something external to, you know, to be searching for that you can have peace, you know, through God, or you can have peace through 
comfort and faith, knowing that whatever the situation, like we talked about earlier, whatever the situation, that something good is going to come of it. So, you know, you you mentioned your your brother passing away and, and my sister passed away in, in 04 and took her own life. And, you know, that like, just like you, it's very, very challenging, very difficult and couldn't see this at the time. And now I see that it was all part of God's plan that, 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 you know, so, so much good has come from the, the growth of her children. You know, she left behind two small children and, and the children and, and, you know, her husband and everything that, that who knows what, what would have been, you know, if they were, if she was, was alive with, you know, mental health issues and all sorts of stuff, if, if they would have still become the, the beautiful people that they are. Yeah, and you don't, and those are the, those are the things that we don't, you know, we don't have the answer to what one thing, Rick, that I would love to see that is, you know, I've, I've been in, invited and this has been a kind of a tidal wave. I, it, it, it's really been happening. I'm going to say in the last two years that I've been asked by different organizations, you know, to maybe be on some sort of a, you know, not, not a prayer team, but, a, you know, just well, a, a, a university. I was at a, something very recently where they were asking, you know, what do faith-filled leaders of the future look like? What does your, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that society is putting, you know, importance and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the, you know, the, the, the evil powers of the world, but that we are, we can't share simplicity. We can't share peaceful things that the more chaos and the busy you, you are, the better, the bigger, the badge, the better, you know, the, the more badass you are kind of a thing. Right. And, and I, I think that when I find people, I saw a group of people just a couple of nights ago that were very successful, very financially successful, but where they were really most successful, their, their financial success has come after, after they got themselves on a, a more faith-filled, peaceful path. And it, and it came after that for the majority mm-hmm. of them. I don't know if it's for all, but for the majority. And I will tell you, there's this little something that when you reach out to people that are smart, you know, sharp, have been successful. They've had the roller coaster like yourself. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing thing. Our meeting was such a, a random kind of a thing. And now here I've gotten to know you and your wife and, you know, and this business journey that you're on. And when you look at it, there's things that you've said in this podcast that I didn't know about you. You know, I didn't know you lost a sister. And so I think that we get put in front of people's paths as well when we are open to listen. And when I say listen with your heart, listen with your heart, there are so many people that want to buy from you or that need your services, but they're almost afraid to ask you. So like if you're a business coach, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, I had some this recent, I, there, I had no idea that you would ever coach me. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not your typical set. Well, what is typical? What is mm-hmm. typical before you have success? Well, we're all kind of a lump of clay, right? Get molded. And some, some of us are just helping others of us figure out what their path is. But I think faith is a really important thing in our world today. I think that it would create more peace. And if we could create a little bit more peace in ourselves, we would, 
our whole world would be better for it, right? I mean, isn't the old adage of the the pageant girl, you know, the the magic question on stage, you know, mm-hmm. what's the greatest thing you'd like? World peace. World peace, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it is a cliche, isn't it? It um, is a cliche. It's funny, at, a, at our business Christmas dinner, we were we were joking about that, something related to that last <laughs> last weekend about the, the world peace, but they'll get a kick out of that. I'll share that, that you, you brought that up you know, being, being a, a pageant winner. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, I mean, it, that is funny. It's like, and I don't really, when people talk to me, you know, I don't really fit the role when they hear Mrs. Minnesota, they're like, what? <laughs> so that's a funny. I do want to go back and see some of those old pictures though. I want to go back and see the, uh, you know, the, the pageant, you have to send me the, the pageant winning, winning picture from, from one. So I can, I can take a look. There you go. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's in my book. It's, I've got, we actually called my, husband's parents, they live in Ireland. My husband's whole family lives in Ireland. And the cell phone that I'm holding is a flip phone. (laughs) So what's really funny is, you know, it wasn't the size of a brick, but it was definitely, you know. Yeah, not Mr. Farrell's phone, but a a flip phone back from from 01. So you and I could probably chat for a long, long time, but we'll we'll kind of wrap it up here with with the two questions that I always ask guests on the podcast. And I've really enjoyed our conversation, Kelly. The first one is we talk about, and you and I have, have, you mentioned a few without even knowing it, but at iSpark Change, we've coined a term called the spark moment. And these are moments in life where our actions or the actions of another have a ripple effect on us that goes far beyond that initial act. It could have been, you know, Mr. Farrell telling you, you know, that you have Putzbun and Moxie, you know, in the car and him becoming your mentor. That could be, you know, a spark moment. So I think those are, those are crucial to our audience to help understand and identify when those things come in life, because then you can, you can be listening as you were saying, right? So share a story of a spark moment that has had a positive impact. It could be one that you haven't shared, but it it could be that someone else had on you or that you impacted someone, you know, someone the other way, but that after it wasn't until afterward until you saw that ripple effect. This one is, this one is pops to my mind very, very much. About 25 years ago, I hired a coach to help me be a better speaker. I hired the wrong coach and that coach shouldn't have taken my money either because I was pretty specific in what I, what I wanted to do. And that's not what we did. So that was about 20 grand and 25,000 or 25 years ago. That was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's about 20 grand that I wasted. And I had this, even though I was coaching, I never called myself a coach. And then my attorney friend, Julie, she said, you know, you really, Kelly, ought to get good with this coach thing because you're a coach and that's what you do and you're dang good at it. That was a moment. And that moment led me to the next moment. And that was after the pandemic. I was still speaking. I'd, I'd, I've done over 3,000 Zooms. I've spoken for more than 300 different events. And so the the speaker piece and the coaching piece really wasn't a deal. But I just couldn't seem to find peace in my business. I, I felt very fragmented. And lo and behold, I think it was a God wink. And people will laugh at this, but I was scrolling Facebook, went to the gym, and I saw something about a coaching service. And I clicked on it. And then, you know, on Facebook and you click on it and then it's going to come up 17 times. So Hmm. I think that that was another God wink. It came up 17 different times. I ended up hiring this coaching company. They're out there overseas. 
And it was in that moment that I invested in myself again, because I, and I invested a lot of money in myself. I, I invested, I was 20 plus years down the pipe. I invested equally as much money and it sparked my conference. You know, we did it live again in 2021. I've had a conference since 2017. It's called the how conf C O N F.com. And we do it every year. It's a women's conference. It's live and virtual, but that sparked the change because I had accountability Mm-hmm. And with accountability, built my confidence. My program is cash, C-A-S-H, confidence, accountability, sales, service, and go get the help that you need so you can help others win. It just was a catalyst for that. That was the spark. I worked with that company for a year. Oddly enough, it was the last year that that company was in business. They, the partners all disbanded and did their own thing. Oh, wow. What are the chances? What are the chances? I just listened to my gut with fear, total fear. And I just listened to my gut and I, and I hired them. And so my, my advice in what's the spark, listen to your gut. You know, your gut really is your second brain. We talk about Mm -hmm. gut health, right? But you know, don't listen to your ego. Ego stands for edging God out in my world. I don't know if that's what it stands up for or not, but E, if you go with your ego, you're going to, I think nine chances out of 10, you're going to be unhappy or lose. If yeah. you go with your gut and listen and just say, even if you're afraid or you can't afford it, if it's really calling you, you ought to. And it was calling me. It was over a whole weekend. I did that. They were not a faith-based group at all or anything like that, but it was just the horsepower that I needed. And since then, from 21 to 22, our business grew 70.3%. And wow. from 22 to 23, we grew 48.8%. I just did our numbers. And that all happened because of that spark moment and giving a chance to, you know, to, to doing, to, to coaching, yeah. having a, taking a leap of faith, you taking know, a leap of faith. You bet. And I, I believe, you know, coaches need coaches too. Totally. It's really important if you, you've got to get to the next level and you've got to have somebody that's on your level and above your level to help guide you. Because how do you grow? You can only grow as far as you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. So how can our audience learn more about, about you and connect and learn more about your you know conference and programs and everything? We're really easy. Everything is how it's capital H O W. So you can go to my website, the how if you go to thehowcompanies.com, you'll find us. You can Google my name, kellyjohnerburn.com. They'll all take you there. Our podcast is called The How Show. And how is always capitalized. And then, of course, we have our conference, our annual conference. If you go to it now, before the website's updated, you will see all the goodies from previous years. And it's called The How Conf, short for conference.com. So thehowconf.com. Um, Perfect. Well, we'll put all those in the show notes and make sure that we honor all those links so everyone can can find more about you and connect. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So final question that we ask all our guests on the iSpark Change podcast, because our goal, Kelly, within the next few years is to impact 1 billion people through our upcoming social impact, social media platform and through our community and our work. And we know we can't 
do this alone. We know we need the help of impactful leaders like yourself, heroes that are helping others to become better. So I, we value your thoughts and opinions as a hero on the program. So I want, I'm going to ask you to peer into the future, peer into my Icebark Change crystal ball and tell our audience, what can the world become if everyone starts believing that they can have an impact on the future and they have faith that they can make a difference? That's so easy. One person can make a difference. One person can absolutely make a difference. I wrote a book called Volunteer for Life, Achieving Your Personal and Professional Goals. Not a great book. It's a good book. But that little book really came down to one person can make a difference. My mom made me be a volunteer at age seven, and I continued it. And that's what I wrote the book about was all the wonderful experiences I've had the opportunity from TV, radio, social media, media, speaking, business, all the things that you learn when you're a volunteer based on you know what your interests are. One person can make a difference. And I know that because I, I shared that one concept with my husband. Husband's a professional chef. And I just said, if you want to make a difference, you can. He always wanted to be a firefighter. Well, he did that. He became a you know, an on-call firefighter in our community for 17 years. He rose to the level of captain, opened a brand new station. He did all that as his avocation, even though his vocation is in the food industry. That catalyst was sparked because I mentioned you can make a difference and this is how you do it. He didn't know that it was a possible or an opportunity to do that. So one person can make a difference. Just like one person's words, maybe it's a, a teacher that tells you you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. You have to filter, but we each have the opportunity to spark change with our words, with our encouragement, a note, or literally you can spark change with a prayer. Everybody can make a difference. And I just try to do what I can do. I can't do everything. But dang it, I can do something. Yeah. And the people that are failing and maybe don't have peace are the folks that are doing nothing. That's my story. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Kelly. And thank you for taking time to share your heart and your wisdom with our audience. You came in, you over-delivered as I expected you would, and your desire to be impactful is evident. You're filled with passion, empathy, and you lead with a heart of service and gratitude, which tells me you're going to continue to have success in all facets of life. And this is only the beginning of your social impact. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing more with the iSpark Change community. Absolutely. All right, Impact Heroes, it's our stories that connect us all. And we love hearing Kelly's today. Kelly John Byrne, you're not only an inspiring and amazing human being, you truly are an iSpark Change social impact hero. We'll see you all next time. Are you interested to have Rick speak at your event? Here is what others have to say. Did not know his story and it was so inspirational and his presence on stage, his authenticity was just incredible. I absolutely loved his performance. It made me feel some type of way. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, hire Rick. I promise you this, you will not be disappointed. Visit rickornelis.com to book him today. Remember, Impact Heroes, every positive action can be a spark moment that has a ripple effect that spreads far beyond the initial act. 
So go out there and spark change. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode, then please smash that five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. We value your comments and we want to hear from you in the community. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And we'll see you next week on the I Spark Change podcast.